0: Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. During this pandemic, we have been uh, checking in with uh, various writers, poets, and uh, today we uh, check in with a uh, person heavily in the world of music. That is our friend Craig Jessup, who is director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, former director of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And, um, uh, in the, uh, Craig Jessup was the Air Force, was it for many years?
1: Air Force. Uh hi, at the Air Force singing sergeants, the Air Force Band of Europe. Uh,
0: so, uh, music has been very much a part of your life, and uh, what we've been doing is checking with people, seeing, you know, what these important things mean a lot to us. Have meant especially during times of stress, like the pandemic. Now, we had the protests uh, worldwide.
1: Right. Uh, right. So,
0: so uh, first of all, uh, thanks for joining us.
1: Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for the invitation, Tom.
0: So, what's pandemic life uh, for you? You're you're home a lot, are you, or what? Uh, you're venturing <laughs> out a little bit now.
1: Yes. Well, uh, no. We we're in the high risk group, so uh, we've been very cautious and very prudent. And quite honestly, uh, it's been the first time in my life since I was a young man that my calendar hasn't been absolutely jam-packed with things to do and places to go and concerts. And so it's been uh, an abrupt change, but I have to say at this time in life, it's been just slowing down. There's been some positive about it as well, in spite of the really serious things that have been going on health-wise and socially, Cash uh, Cash Valley has been a very nice place to be uh, quarantined for a while. So Renee and I have, have enjoyed uh, a, a total new aspect of life that we've sort of not known. And we're looking for the passing of these things. But in the meantime, uh, we are trying to take an advantage of this unique time in our lives as well.
0: What what are, are you slowing down? I guess there are some obvious advantages. What uh, what is it? Have you uh, what do you, you 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 ponder? You oh, listen to music? What do you <laughs> what do you do with that extra time?
1: You know, I've been gardening, Tom. Ah, uh, I grew up in Millville, and uh, I have I Renee and I own my mother's home, which is right the home I grew up in, and adjacent to the. The farmland that uh, my brother has and that he inherited. And so uh, my brother has shared a little of his land for us to put a garden in. And so I every morning, I'm up early out in, in my Millville garden, loving every second of it. It really has taken me back to my childhood that I so have loved. And and so it's been a wonderful, on many, many levels, physically, it's been great to keep me active. And and there's something really spiritual about gardening and working with nature. And so it's been a very good thing for me. Yes, of course, I've done some reading and, and listening. Uh, but by and large, my days have been filled with taking care of this garden and this home. And we've been loving it.
0: Oh, it's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, so, uh, you know, music's been a big part of your life. Um, uh, and, I, I, you know, as I've been thinking about talking to you, it's, it's you know, you've you've participated in some big moments with music, right? Uh, follow the Berlin Wall and, and uh, things like that. You're able, able to be present at some, some big events in a musical sense.
1: Yeah, I've been really incredibly blessed and fortunate to be be at the right place at the right time and participated in some very wonderful things. I felt really blessed and fortunate to have that opportunity and yes, the things that you've mentioned uh, were significant uh, to be there. But also you know just rehearsing, I've lived my life in a rehearsal either as a singer or as a conductor. And uh, those are some of the greatest moments of all, just when there's no one there but the singers. And we're trying our best to achieve as close to perfection as we can come. We know we never quite make it, but still we try. And that's, that's a, an immensely fulfilling uh, exercise. And making music together, concerted music, or many become one, is it's I like to say it's my drug of choice. It's <laughs> one of nature's greatest highs, and I've been really fortunate to have spent my life doing that.
0: Now, what does it mean that you, now, during the pandemic, at least right now, you can't do that, right? The, the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra season's on hold for for now, right? You, you, uh, we, we aren't quite to the, the point where we're a lot of people together for events like these.
1: Yes, that, that's true, but we, we have the memories of our times together, and we're actively uh, working on two programs that will be available online, so we'll be put a, a virtual AFC chorus and orchestra program together, one for our annual Veterans Day concert. We We simply cannot not do that. It was the first concert we ever did. This will be our 13th annual Veterans Day commemoration, and I think 13 is a lucky number, so I'm not too worried about that. Mm. And then our Christmas concert, too, will be available to everyone in uh, in our uh, local audiences, and it'll go around the world for anyone who wants to tune in. So we're going to be busy uh, just on a different way. And then we're hopeful that Maybe by next January, we'll be able to get back together. And if not, we'll keep doing uh, what we're doing virtually. But I have full confidence and faith that we'll be back together. And when we are, it'll be more precious and more meaningful than ever before. Uh, And we'll be excited to make music and bring music to our community.
0: So you say virtually these you be putting out the recorded versions will you or it's not you're not all jumping on Zoom or something?
1: Uh, no, it'll be recorded versions. I mean, it'll be each individual will record their part on their cell phone. Oh, I
0: see. So you'll see
1: you'll see them and you'll hear them, but no, it will not be Zoom, a live as happening event it'll be recorded and then edited together.
0: Well, that's still pretty cool. So everybody record their, their individual part.
1: Yep, yep.
0: Yeah, Oh, we'll look forward to that. Uh, I should mention here on Utah Public Radio, we're going to reach uh, back in the past a couple of the uh, Christmas concerts, holiday concerts from American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. We're going to do Christmas in July. So late July we'll have a couple of those concerts for you. Uh, we're excited. Yeah. That'll, that'll I'm glad fun.
1: we have them and that they, that they can be used again.
0: Yeah, 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 it's it's it's, it's wonderful. Um, so, what um, you talked about the process of rehearsal, trying for perfection—that you, that's your drug of choice. Um, <laughs> what yeah. what other uh, aspects of, of music uh, have meant uh, so much in, in your life?
1: Well, to to me, uh, it's working with some of the greatest minds uh, that humankind have ever produced. So when you can spend your life plunging the depths and pursuing the genius of a Johann Sebastian Bach, of a Beethoven, of a Mozart, uh, it's, it's an incredible musical, intellectual, spiritual, physical experience to respond and to try and be faithful to the, what they've written on the page and then create. Uh, we need them, but they need us to make that music live again and again and again. And there, nothing will ever replace live performances and recreating the genius of, of these great composers through the ages. So, And that's just one uh, of the many things. It's one of the many benefits, I think, of being engaged in music making. Mm.
0: Uh, well, I ask you to create a uh, what I'm calling a pandemic playlist. Uh, you, you could have selected many uh, numbers. You you <laughs> selected uh, seven numbers. Uh, let's let's jump in here, uh, and yeah. uh, alternate the music with some conversation. Uh, so the first number up, you selected some music of uh, Ralph Williams.
1: That's right. Ralph Williams is one of my favorite composers. I think he's one of the greats, certainly one of the greatest of the English composers. And Lark Ascending is one of the works in his career that came at the very beginning of his career. He had heard a poem by the English poet George Meredith. It was written in 1881 of the same title, Lark Ascending. And he wrote, it, that the poem inspired him, and he wrote the original version for piano, piano and violin, and completed it in 1914. But he was called to service in the First World War, As a medic, he saw the absolute horrors of that war. So it was never performed until 1920. And then he reworked it for solo violin and orchestra after the First World War. And this is the version that is chiefly known. And it was first performed in 1921. He called it a romance. When I was a younger man and did a lot of singing, Ballet West choreographed Lark Ascending. Uh, for two two, uh, ballet dancers, male and female. And they took it to the Aspen Music Festival. And at that time, I was doing a lot of singing, and I was invited, and I spent the summer uh, with them doing the Schumann Dichteliebe, Songs of the Poet, Love Songs of the Poet, and uh, the Old American Folk Songs of Copeland. But in their program, they included Lark Ascending. I've loved it ever since. And in this beautiful valley, it conjures up the rural splendor of England and Cache Valley. I close my eyes, and instantly it brings peace and comfort and beauty to me. So it's one of my favorites.
0: Well, let's let's hear just a selection from the beginning, uh, two or three minutes. uh, And in this performance, it's Neville Mariner in the Academy of St. Martin in the fields. Uh, Here's just a little bit of uh, Rayfawn Williams' Lark Ascending. Music That's the Lark Ascending, the, the beginning three minutes or so. Ray Fawn Williams, Neville Mariner, Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. Uh, so uh, we're listening to Craig Jessup's Pandemic uh, Playlist. So um, you, you, I guess that evoked once again that the, those uh, feelings of kind of rural splendor there.
1: Rural splendor and, and nature. You can see this lark ascending, flying through the air. And you hear the sounds, the bird calls of the lark. And then it goes later on into an English folk song and then comes back to the theme of the lark. It, it's, I recommend it to anyone and everyone. and Listen to it in stillness. Put on some headphones or just surround yourself and bathe yourself in this glorious, comforting music uh, that's renewing, like nature.
0: By the way, we uh, took all of these from YouTube, so you heard, on that recording, heard a little bit of a background rumble, um, but hope you'll still be able to enjoy these. Uh, that's, uh, YouTube is, is so accessible, so <laughs> the sound quality is not yeah. the, uh, absolute tops. Uh, it's, it's easy to go get them there. Um, let's hear a couple of selections uh, from St. Matthew Passion before we take a break. Uh, again, we're talking with Craig Jessup. Um, who is the uh, director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, former director of Mormon Tabernacle Choir, former dean of the Kane College of the Arts at USU, and uh, formerly with the Robert Shaw Chorale, right?
1: That's right, Robert Shaw Festival Singers. The Robert Shaw Chorale ended in the late 60s, and then he went to Atlanta. And then in about the early 1980s, he formed a group called the Robert Shaw Festival Singers which was largely like uh, the Robert Shaw Chorale. And for, I sang with them for 10 years. It was absolute heaven, absolute splendor. Yeah.
0: And we do have a selection featuring uh, the Robert Shaw's. Uh, I'm not sure which ensemble this is, but a little it, it later. It is
1: the Festival Singers. The Festival Singers. And it was okay. recorded, recorded in France, in one of the France festivals. Yeah. yeah.
0: A little bit later, we'll, we'll feature that music of Rachmaninoff. Uh, so uh, tell me about uh, St. Matthew Passion. This is, uh, this is Bach.
1: So if I could only have one composer, Bach is my deserted island composer. I, I, I can, you can never find the bottom or the top of him. It just flows so naturally, so abundantly. It's, there's just, I don't think there's been a composer like him, uh, in, my, in my humble opinion. And I've found through the years, if you can perform Bach well, you can do anything. He is, he is ever-present teaching you and guiding you and enlightening you. So, and St. Matthew is one of his true monuments out of several others. It meant so much to him that at the end of his life, he copied a full score where the words of the evangelist, the words of Jesus, were all in red ink. He labored uh, many years to make sure that if nothing else survived, that would That and his B minor mass, those were the two works that he recopied and for all of history made sure he laid down what it was to be. Uh, I've chosen two selections. The first is that the St. Matthew was first done in 1727 and written for the Good Friday services that were held each year. He also wrote a St. John Passion and a St. Mark Passion. And it's, in this, it's taken from chapters 26 and 27, the Gospel of Matthew. I want to, to play Erbarmadich, which is a uh, contralto solo, in the second half. And in this, you have the, the words of the Scripture, then newly composed words by a man called Pekander, and newly written uh, music of Bach, comments and reflects upon the words of the Scripture, and then in addition to that, chorals. I'm going to play one of the arias and one of the corrals. Abomedic t- takes place just after Peter denies Jesus for the third time, and then he remembers that he was told when the cock would crow three times, the words would be fulfilled. And it says, then Peter remembered the words of Jesus when he said to him, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times." And he went out and wept bitterly." And then this uh, aria reflects on that sorrow, that pain. Uh, He betrayed the man he loved. This is so genuinely human, we all make mistakes, we all regret things that we have done, and say, how could I have done that? And we weep. And this reflects on that need for redemption. The words are, "Have mercy, my God, for the sake of my tears. See be here before you, heart and eyes, weep bitterly. Have mercy, my God." And like Lark ascending, if there's a solo violin obligato that's just so heartrending and yet so filled with hope at the same time, er Barma from the St. Matthew Passion.
0: This is this version is uh, performed by the Bach Collegium Japan, Masaki Suzuki conductor. And you said the contralto, or uh, I guess in this case maybe the countertenor? This is counter
1: countertenor. Yes, yeah. so Robin Blaze. And it, Robin would a, a it would have been a male alto. would have been written for a male alto or English countertenor.
0: So in this case, Robin Blaise, who would be the performer then. Uh, so let's hear this. This is from uh, Bach's St. Matthew Passion, Herr Barmadich. Mm-hmm. So it's a portion of Erbarmde from Bach's St. Matthew Passion. Um, so Craig Jessup, what uh, what do you what do you think when you when you listen to that music? What what did you think of just now? You listening?
1: Well, it just fills my soul with emotion of uh, longing for uh, peace and comfort, uh, knowing that things have gone wrong. But for me, there's always the hope that things will get better, that things will improve. And as horrible as it was for Peter to have denied his friend, knowing his friend, there was that uh, hope for redemption, for the hope of reconciliation. And I think in our world, there's this need for reconciliation, for a willingness to admit where mistakes have been made and to wanting to go on and improve. Uh, I, I, it, it brings, it just wells up inside of my soul. Those two, that the human voice singing and then the voice of the spirit through that solo violin, uh, it just, to me, is transcendent music. I told Robert Waters, who's the first violinist of the Fry Street Quartet, he is to play that at my funeral. Mm. So we'll see. Hopefully that's a very long time
0: from now. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's, let's hope that's many, many years from now. But when the time comes, <laughs> yeah, that, that will be beautiful. If you just joined us, we're uh, talking with uh, Craig Jessup. I've been checking in with uh, writers and poets and, uh, and now uh, a man who uh, has spent his life in music, Craig Jessup, uh, director of the uh, American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, formerly director of the Mormon Tavern Choir, former dean of the Kane College of the Arts at USU and uh, former member of the uh, Air Force, the musical uh, groups there in the Air Force for many years. Um, and I asked uh, Craig Jessup to develop a, what I'm calling a pandemic playlist. And so we're, we're making our way through that, having a discussion in these extraordinary times, uh, added on top of the, the, the pandemic, of course, now the protests, uh, a time of unrest, time of change, and uh, music is very powerful. We're hearing some of this music selected by Craig Jessup. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more. By the way, we're, not all of this will be classical. We're, we're heading toward uh, Tony Bennett and Barbara Streisand uh, near the end of the program. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's take a break. More following this.
2: Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Idaho National Laboratory. INL will be assembling and testing the power source for a new NASA spacecraft named Dragonfly, which will explore the surface of Saturn's largest moon, Titan. More information available at INL.gov.
0: Utah Public Radio hopes you will join us in thanking our sponsors, the many businesses we rely on for their continued support of our mission to provide thoughtful and informative programming. The critical financial
2: backing we receive from our business community means we can bring you news updates and online classical music programming. And that's a wonderful thing, especially in uncertain times. What remains certain? UPR's commitment to serve our listeners here and online at upr.org and
0: through our UPR app. Thanks for joining us for Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Uh, Craig Jessup is with us. He's director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra. Their season is on pause, of course, because of the pandemic. Hopefully in January, we'll be able to come back together um, he is also former director of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, for many years was with uh, various musical groups with uh, the uh, Air Force, U.S. Air Force, former dean of the U.S. U uh, Kane College of the Arts. We've been checking in with uh, various folks, um, seeing how they're doing with the pandemic, what their thoughts are, and in the course of the case of Craig Jessup, um, we're, we're listening to some music and uh, asked Craig Jessup to develop a pandemic playlist, and that's what we're hearing. Uh, The program uh, today. Um, So so just uh, tell us again, uh, American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, the couple of virtual events. Are you recalling these? They're coming up?
1: They are. We'll have a a virtual concert online for Veterans Day uh, that we're producing. And in fact, we're starting now. And we'll have also a a virtual concert on uh, the holiday season as well around Christmas time. They won't be as long as our live concerts, but nevertheless, uh, we're anxious to get involved and working, and we'll have uh, this—every member of the choir will record their part at home on their cell phones, photographing themselves, and then through the genius of great engineers, we'll put together, I think, some wonderful offerings to our community so we can keep these traditions alive in spite of what's going on. We'll find another way.
0: And I should mention here on Utah Public Radio, we're going to broadcast a couple of uh, the American Festival Chorus uh, Christmas concerts, uh, wonderful concerts. That'll be, uh, we're calling it Christmas in July. That'll be uh, late July. So listen for that on on Utah Public Radio. Uh, so, Craig Jessup, uh, next up on your playlist is uh, Wade in the Water. Tell us about this.
1: Wade in the Water is a, an American spiritual uh, by that Famous composer, Anonymous. No one knows who wrote this. This is the music of the, of the African-American slaves, and it's born out of uh, real sorrow. And it became a way of communication, secret communications in some ways, of how they would uh, communicate with one another. And as they were given the Christian religion when they came here, They resonated with the stories of the Bible, especially Moses and freeing the Hebrew slaves and the freedom led by Moses, and the sufferings of Jesus and his followers. They identified with this and wrote their own music. And this is arranged by Moses Hogan, African-American from New Orleans, who lived from 1957 to uh, 2003, Moses was a dear personal friend of mine. We sat on a committee for the National Endowment of the Arts, and we met one another. We were both kind of shy, quiet guys that sat at the back of the room, because oftentimes you get with uh, uh, some artists and there's a lot of ego. And there are either those who dominate, and then there are those who drift to the corners. And Moses and I found ourselves in the corner, and that developed... The most beautiful friendship. I had him twice with the Tabernacle Choir, and once he went on tour with us, performed in San Francisco, and did a recording with us uh, of spirituals to give us some authenticity. And he, in many ways, for his generation, he rescued the uh, Amer- African-American spiritual from oblivion. And this, "Weight in the Water, is also performed by his own professional chorale, the Moses Hogan Corral that he uh, brought together. And his life was cut so short, he suffered a stroke. And I was able to visit with him just two weeks before he died. He was in hospice in New Orleans. And uh, I told the Tabernacle Choir I was going, and they all sent cards. I had a huge basket of cards that I took to him. And when I got to this hospice center, his mother and his sister were there, and he was really unconscious, and he was lying in bed. There was a, a, a cassette player by his bed playing his songs, and I said to him, may I give him a hug? So I went over, and I gave him a hug and whispered and in his ear. I said, Moses, this is Craig Jessup, and you're and, uh, bringing love from the Tabernacle Choir. And he started to stir, and his sister said, he knows you're here, he knows you're here. And it was the most touching experience. Uh, I'd love this man and the great artistry of this man. And I just had to share this spiritual. That's a quick little thing about the spiritual itself. This, this is about the pool of Bethesda, where the man crippled from birth. The legend was that once a year, an angel would dip its wing in the water and would trouble the water. And whoever could get in the water first would be healed. But the man, he was a crippled. He just couldn't move quick enough. And Jesus happened to be there and said, take up your bed and walk. And for the slaves, this metaphor of freedom through the water was powerful. Because, for example, if you were enslaved and lived in Kentucky, and you wanted to get to Ohio across the river, this wait in the water children, wait in the water God is going to trouble the water. go, go go run run, run as fast as you can. This was the message of the spiritual that they took from scripture. So let's hear wait in the water.
0: Here it is. You're listening to Axis Utah. Usually it's a conversation of all conversation. Today it's conversation with music. Uh, Craig Jessup uh, with his pandemic playlist. Uh, so that's a traditional spiritual arranged by Moses Hogan. And we heard the Moses Hogan uh, chorale. It's a beautiful, rousing music there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's powerful. And it's an interesting how he uh, sets it in a contemporary kind of rhythm, but the basic melody, the has not been changed from whoever uh, started to sing it in the first place and I can't help but think this message to the children if you can cross that river if you can go go, go, go because this can be holy water it can heal you it can free you Uh, when you know the rest of the story it's a powerful message Mm.
0: Well, next up is uh, music of Rachmaninoff. Uh, Tell us about this.
1: Sergei Rachmaninoff, Russian composer. Uh, This is considered... This this particular movement is from his All Night Vigil. It's an a cappella choral composition, and it was premiered in Moscow in 1915. It consists of text taken from... The Russian Orthodox All-Night Vigil Ceremony, and some uh, music scholars and critics have praised it as Rachmaninoff's finest achievement and the greatest musical achievement of, of the Russian Orthodox Church. It was one of Rachmaninoff's two favorite compositions, along with the bells, and he asked that the fifth movement of the, of the work be sung at his funeral, the Nuke Dimitris, So uh, I've done this with AFC many times. This is uh, the Borogoditia, which essentially is from the book of Luke, um, chapter 1, verses 28 and 42, which is uh, essentially an Ave Maria. Rejoice, O Virgin, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb for thou hast born the Savior of our souls. But to me, I I know uh, this might sound odd, there is a deep connection between the pathos of the American spiritual and the pathos of the Russian choral music, for they both are born out of oppression. They both come out of really hard political uh, circumstances, slavery, and oppression. And I find a common thread of uh, a musical aesthetic in, in the music of the American spiritual and the music of the Russian choral music. So, and that's just Craig Jessup speaking, but for me, they spring from the same place.
0: All right, here's music of Rachmaninoff. Um, this is the Robert Shaw Festival Singers and this is uh, Bogrodice. Music of Rachmaninoff. uh, They're performed by the Robert Shaw Festival uh, singers.
1: If you want to be transported to another place, get the, the Shaw recording of the Vespers, which received a Grammy Award as the best choral album of the year, the year it was released. I think that was like 1989. And just, it is sheer spirituality and peace. It is so profoundly beautiful. And I've known many, many people who have received great solace and comfort and peace by this particular work, including Mr. Shaw's wife, Caroline Caroline Shaw, who uh, died of cancer many years before he did. And uh, apparently on her deathbed, they played it over and over and over. It's it's such a powerful uh, piece of music and art and transcends uh, any kind of religious, denominational, political boundary, its sheer beauty and comfort.
0: If you just joined us, we're talking with Craig Jessup, who, of course, is the director of the American Festival Chorus and Orchestra, former director of the uh, Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. I guess I should uh, use the current name uh, of the <laughs> ensemble, and uh, former dean of the Kane College of the Arts, also uh, formerly sang with uh, Robert Shaw. Um yeah, and should mention, uh, you know, the long career in the Air Force as well. We don't want to leave that out to a big chunk of your life there. Um, so uh, next up, you chose, the. I think this is the main theme from the soundtrack uh, to the movie Schindler's List. Why did you choose this one?
1: Again, it, uh, the power of it is so profound and universal to me. Uh, and it speaks of this horrendous... Uh, uh, Part of our history of the twentieth century, of uh, of the destruction of the Jews and the brutality, of the xenophobia, and yet out of this uh, malaise was this man called Oscar Schindler, who himself was a German and a Nazi, but he saved some twelve hundred Jews during the Holocaust by employing them in some of his uh, factories. And uh, Steven Spielberg honored this great man. In fact, the combination of Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List sort of is the most powerful statement on World War II in the European theater. So when he went to... when. Spielberg went to John Williams to write the score, and they'd been writing scores. They'd been collaborating together since Jaws. Uh, Mr. Williams said, I'm simply not worthy. I, I just don't feel like I'm equal to the task. You re- really need to go to someone else for this particular score. And the story goes that Spielberg said, well, I would, but they're all dead. Well, <laughs> oh, that's why I'm coming to you, Uh And the thing about John Williams, my gosh, the versatility, the depth of his mind employing different styles of music, this has to be one of the most transcendent scores I've ever heard. It's received many, many awards, won the Academy Award for the Best Original Score, won a Grammy for the Best Score of a Soundtrack, a Golden Globe nomination, Uh, it's it's incredibly beautiful. Again, solo violin, it, it, it mourns, it weeps, but it also gives hope and comfort. And when I think of the 110,000 members of our nation who have lost their lives to the virus, and the, the families that have been affected, the grieving and the mourning, I feel this music gives peace and comfort and hope for a brighter future as well. I love this piece. Again, a violin solo, and the soloist is no slouch, Itzhak Perlman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the finest in the world.
0: Right. I believe he performed on the on the soundtrack. Right.
1: Um, he did indeed. Uh, did indeed.
0: Uh, what I've chosen though from YouTube uh, is because I wanted a, a live performance conducted by the composer, and featuring, of course, Mr. Perlman. Uh, what I found was uh, uh, the this theme performed uh, attached to the end of just a piece of an interview with Mr. Perlman. So you'll hear first just a little end of the the interview with with Mr. Perlman, and then Itzhak Perlman, violinist, John Williams conducting. This is the theme from uh, the main theme from uh, the, the film Schindler's List. Uh,
3: simply by just knowing the history and feeling the history, and indirectly actually being uh, a victim of that history.
0: Music of uh, John Williams, uh, composed for the film *Schindler's List* of uh, Spielberg, and that's Itzhak Perlman on the violin, and um, John Williams was was conducting. D-d-d- beautiful, poignant, um, poignant heart heartrending, <laughs> but uh,
3: yeah.
1: And, but and yet I still feel infused with hope, and continuing on, just continuing on. So Renee and I spent the entire month of January in Jerusalem, where I worked with the Jerusalem Youth Chorus, life-changing, and the chorus was composed of Israeli and Palestinian high school students, and they were Jewish, Muslim, and Christian. And what they're doing is miraculous in building bridges of understanding in their own way and to be there, I saw the tree planted in, in memory of Oscar Schindler in in uh, near the, the museum uh, dedicated to the Holocaust, and uh, it was it was life changing, life changing to be there and to see that area uh, of the world. So it, this has always been a special, special uh, movie and a special. Uh, piece of music to me.
0: Well, let's um, l- let's go out with uh, the last selection. Um, so <laughs> we will, uh, will you know, uh, any final words you want to say, and then and then uh, goodbye, and then we'll we'll end with this uh, the program. Uh, so we've been talking with Craig Jessup, and he's uh, he's uh, we've been making our way through his pandemic playlist. So why did you choose uh, this this song, Smile?
1: Well. Number one, all of my choices were fairly serious, and, uh, but I feel like the pandemic and, and also politically what we're facing right now is, is serious. And so bring in and a reason to reflect on what are the things that are so important and precious to us. And also, there is this need to go on. Uh, No matter what life throws at you, you go on. And I've seen it in the example of my own parents and in others. And uh, I've I've loved all this song, Smile. And particularly when I heard a rendition by Barbara Streisand and Tony Bennett, it just made me smile. Uh, And there, there is always a silver lining, no matter how dark, Things will come back. Things will be better. I I believe that. I didn't realize until I was looking into this, the song was actually written by Charlie Chaplin for a 1936 movie, Modern Times, just an instrumental version. And he said it was inspired by Puccini's Tosca. And then in 1954, John Turner and Jeffrey Parsons added lyrics and a title. And uh, I, I wanted this to conclude the program to say, Whoever out there is listening and going through a really hard time, hang in there. Uh, things will get better. Just uh, keep, keep trying and keep going, and things will work out. I'm a Pollyanna optimist, but I believe that. I sincerely believe that. So that's how I thought it would be a great way to end our program.
0: All right. Well, uh, Craig Jessup, uh, thank you so much for, for being with us. We really appreciate the conversation, appreciate your your playlister.
1: Thank you, Tom. And thanks for all that you do for our community, for Utah Public Radio. How blessed we are to have you, this great institution in our state and here in Cache Valley. Thank you, Tom. Well,
0: thank you so much. Well, uh, and uh, stay safe there, and uh, hopefully the American Festival Chorus will be able to get back together in in person, and uh, we'll all be able to, to, to join you soon.
1: I, I have no doubt we'll be back.
0: All right. Uh, well, you've been listening to Access Utah. We'll go out with this uh, smile, and this version is uh, performed by Tony Bennett and Barbara Streisand.
3: Smile, though your heart is aching Smile Even though it's breaking When there are clouds In the sky You'll get by If you smile through your fears And sorrow. Smile And maybe tomorrow You'll see the sun come shining through for you
2: on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Idaho National Laboratory. INL will be assembling and testing the power source for a new NASA spacecraft named Dragonfly, which will explore the surface of Saturn's largest moon, Titan. More information available at INL.gov.
3: A statewide service of Utah State University's College of Humanities and Social Sciences. This is KUSR Logan, KUSUFM Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, Moab, KUST, Price KCEU, and streaming online at upr.org.